We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Colby Powell. Colby, are you still with us or are you like being sucked away by the portal? Are you are you stuck in the portal like most of Oklahoma State's roster right now? Uh, Carson, Cyber Monday was not last week. Cyber Monday was yesterday. Everybody all across the country in the portal. You hop in the portal and you hop in the portal and you hop in the portal. Uh, I mean, it was a very bad day for Oklahoma State. They weren't the only ones. It was a very bad day for a lot of college programs. Um, probably some guys who are going to leave. Probably some guys who are just dipping their toe in the water, trying to see maybe if they can uh, generate some more interest for some NIL stuff. It was an absolutely wild day, but I am petitioning that we officially as a nation change cyber Monday to the day that the transfer portal opens, uh, because that is the real cyber Monday in these United States of America. It really should be. And it, it made the, the news of, of Mason Cobb transferring feel like it happened like three weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, that feels like so long ago compared to what happened yesterday with the portal opening. We are taping this on a Tuesday, uh, before we get to all the transfer portal news regarding Spencer Sanders, Braylon Presley, Dom Richardson, Trace Ford, the list goes on and on. Let's hear from Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop. Be sure to shop at chrisuniversityspirit.com. We appreciate Chris's sponsoring the podcast, and we will not be leaving them. We will not be entering the clothing depot portal and, and trying to get a new sponsor. We appreciate Chris's, and we are loyal and true to Chris's, and, and thank you for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, Colby, before we dive into... All the people that have transferred from Oklahoma State, all the players and the the quotes that have come out and everything. I'm curious to get your thoughts just on on where college football stands today, and that that's kind of my one of my biggest takeaways when I see all of the players that have transferred from Oklahoma State, and a lot of them, you know, with with important roles that you would think would not be transfer candidates, and, and then I watch. Deion Sanders at Colorado. And look, I'm one of the biggest Deion Sanders fans you will find. He was my one of my favorite athletes growing up. Him and Shaq are my two favorite athletes of all time. I had the Deion shoes. I, I loved Deion. And I'm a Florida State fan, so obviously I like Deion. But him going to Colorado and basically just opening the floodgates for just players to just transfer. His son, I certainly understand, it's his kid, but like, the way Colorado's playing the game is basically the system we have created now. Just hire a coach that's just going to take everyone else's players, offer them a bunch of money, promise them the world, and to heck with the current players on the roster. And it's becoming far less about which football programs are the best programs and just who can be the spur-of-the-moment team to offer you the most money. And I just the, the way this sport is going with so many players in the portal – with colleges now playing the game with Deion Sanders, I just, I don't mean to sound like a, a curmudgeon or get off my lawn, old man. I, I just hate where the sport is. And I think they need to change some rules if they ever want it to get it back to, to somewhat normalcy. Yeah, no, I, I think that uh, college football before NIL and college football before transfer portal, the sport was broken. Right. Because the athletes were being exploited. They were getting no cut. They weren't able to benefit off their name, image and likeness. I mean, we, we had the, what was it? The UCF kicker or something that had to shut down his uh, YouTube channel or retire because he couldn't make money off his name on YouTube. So the system was broken. So what do we do? We put a new system in. It's broken. It's still broken. It was broken before, and the the players and the athletes were the ones getting the short end of the stick. It's broken now, and it's the programs who are getting the short end of the stick. I, I think, Carson, 
where we are headed in college football, because I don't think we're ever going back to a time where the athletes can't get anything. I don't think we're ever going back to that. Uh, now, the portal has been very weird. I, I don't know that people envisioned that this is how the portal was going to look, where you can just essentially buy another school's program, bring them to your your place, and that's what you have now. I don't think that's what it was supposed to be. Carson, I think what we are legitimately headed toward as college football gets away from the sham of amateurism that we all know it hasn't been for a while. I think college football is headed more toward a semi-pro football system where you still play for the universities, you still go to school, you still get your degree because most of these guys aren't going to go pro. But I think we're getting to a situation where we are going to have players on contracts at schools. And if you're coming out of high school and you don't really know if that's going to be the place for you, maybe you sign a one-and-one. You, you sign a one-year deal with a player option. If you're just, you know, a, a late bloomer, you're happy to be there, maybe you sign a four-year deal and you go to a school. It's There is no, I don't think, perfect system that's going to bring back the college football that everyone loved in the 90s and 2000s where players were doing it for the love of the game because the reality is when this much money gets involved, that's not realistic. And there is so much money involved now that – People have to make decisions for themselves before they make decisions for their university or their head coach or somebody else. There's just too much money involved, Carson, for it to go back to the pure thing that it was when you and I were growing up. But we can still create a better system than the one we have now. Um, so I don't know. I think it might be contracts that we get to eventually. I don't know. I know College football was broken before. College football is broken now. Um, and I – I don't know how long it's going to take to fix it because uh, it's in a weird place right now and nobody likes it. I I, I don't think too many people are happy with it. Um, it's it's weird. It, it's weird to watch what we watched yesterday, Carson, not only in Stillwater, but all across the country. Well, and and I don't want this to sound like, you know, you and I are just upset because a couple of OSU football players decided to transfer. Like you, it's It's taking on an entirely different meaning when the starting quarterback at Notre Dame, who had a lot of success this year, enters the portal. The starting guard for Alabama is entering the portal, and and I certainly don't blame any of these players. Like it's become to the they've developed a system to where if you have a really good year, you absolutely should enter the portal just to see if you can get more money from someone else. It's basically an open market, and if you're not testing it, I don't think you're doing the right thing. So I don't. I'm not sure why. Any player wouldn't do that. I think we saw that with Mason Cobb. He had a good year, second team all Big 12. Says, you know what? I want to see what's out there. I want to see if I can get more money. There's a lot of speculation that maybe AM may have already dropped the bag. Who knows? But that's the system we've created. And so I, that to me is the it, it's one thing, Colby, for like backup players who aren't getting a chance to play to transfer. Like that's what the portal was essentially created for. Now it's starters who had really good years just testing the open market. And I, I just, it's just it's not sustainable. I don't know what I don't know what can change it, but it certainly needs change because I, I don't know how Colby just talking about Oklahoma State. Like I know they're gonna get guys into the portal, they're not just gonna lose them and not be able to replace them. But how do you even account for your roster moving forward? How do you how do you build any continuity on your roster when your starting linebacker just ups and leaves? Yeah, you can't. And and that's why the system now uh is as broken as it was before, except it's it's the coaches that are having a hard time. And this is one of the reasons that I have been hard on Coach Gundy because I feel like he really loved being a football coach in 2010. I feel like he has no interest in this new system. I, I think he hates it. Uh I don't think he wants to be a part of it. But the reality is 
you have to. You have to play by the current rules as the system currently exists. I, I mean, as much as everybody can roll their eyes at primetime doing what he's doing with Colorado, I'm bringing my own luggage and it's Louie. That's the game now. And guess what? Four and five stars are reaching out to Dion. Donors are wanting to donate money. They're like, look, we don't have the money, but we're going to be fine. Yeah, because people want to support that. It's fun and it's exciting. And it's the new way of doing things. Um, it, it's you, you have to evolve to the new system. There, there's probably going to be a different system in place in five years and in 10 years. And um, I, I hope that at some point, Mike Gundy really embraces it because without a full embrace of this system, I don't know how you can be successful. Uh, you, you can't just dig your heels in and say, well, this is crap. I wish it was 2005 again. It's not. It's not 2005 again. It's 2022. This is semi-pro football, and these guys are looking to get paid. Um, uh, not only are they looking to get paid, they're looking to get played, Carson. You, you want to let a true freshman sit over there for a year? Uh, okay. I mean, you're at risk of losing that guy. Braylon gave his quotes. I appreciate him talking so we could hear the insight from one of these guys who's leaving after a true freshman. They can't move the ball on offense. They don't score 20 points five straight games. And you've got a four-star recruit, an electric speedster that can't see the field. Okay, that guy in 2005 comes back the next year and is probably a key performer. That guy in 2022, he's gone. He doesn't have time for that crap. So I, I just... It's a different world, and you better get on board because if you don't get on board, guess what? That ball streak's in jeopardy next year, Carson. Somebody's got to throw the football. Somebody's got to run the football. Somebody's got to block. Somebody's got to make tackles. And a bunch of those dudes who've been doing it are in the portal. Now, they could come back. So Some guys are just going to dip their toes in to see what else is out there and, and, and come back. I fully expect that, so be real careful before you start throwing some hate on some guys' names out there, OSU fans. But you, you got to play by the new system, uh, and Oklahoma State so far has, has not really done that, and um, they are allowing themselves to be victimized by the new system uh, through what appears to be a refusal to adapt and evolve. So, uh, yeah, it, it's weird, but it is what it is, and you've got to play by the current rules. Um, so hopefully things get better in Stillwater because uh, Cyber Monday for OSU kind of felt like Black Monday. Did I lose you, Carson? Oh, sorry. I had my mic muted. You know, I was very critical uh, about Mike Gundy's comments after the game against West Virginia, where he addressed the transfer portal. And I, and I, I retweeted these again, just this, this attitude from Mike Gundy. And I want to, I want to read these quotes again, just for people who may have missed it. And I want to read a tweet that I got from a, from an OSU fan. Here's a quote from Mike Gundy on whether he has conversations in the coming days with players on their decisions to return or not. No, I don't have those conversations. A little bit different times today. These players have conversations with their family and their representatives, and at some point, they'll let us know. Two, three weeks from now, probably, I don't get involved in those conversations on why he doesn't get involved in those conversations. I mean, what am I going to say? It's their future. It's their career. They'll have a representative. They'll have family members that'll have thoughts on what they want to do. The head coach is really not a factor in that. And here's the tweet that I got that I thought, this is a word I think that describes Mike Gundy's attitude a lot that I have never thought of that is so true. This is from OSU Blakester is his Twitter handle. Overall, I'm a Gundy fan, but he does have a huge flaw. He is a defeatist. He says it in so many ways with the transfer portal, recruiting five-star players, and play calling. I'll throw in there punting on fourth and two as, a, as my own opinion. He's not the same person that got fired up on and off the field, and that is hurting us. 
defeatist Colby sums up Mike Gundy's approach to Bedlam. It sums up his recruiting philosophy. Ah, we just, we can't get five stars. Ah, we just, you know, I mean, it's fourth and two. I mean, yeah, just too early to be too early to be going for on fourth down. What, what, what am I, what can I do? You know, what, what can I do? It's just the defeatist mentality of not even trying to re-recruit your own players in 2022. when that's a necessity. And let's just dive into the Braylon Presley thing. You brought it up. Braylon Presley said he only talked to Casey Dunn. Mike Gundy stated, I was wondering with those comments that Mike made, if he was just being terse or, you know, just dismissive after a loss, like he, he can be sometimes. But it sure sounds like Colby, he doesn't talk to his players. He doesn't care whether they stay or go. He says basically to hell with you. If you don't want to be here, go. And Braylon Presley talked to Casey Dunn and was like, I'm all the way out on this. This sounds terrible. Gone. So the defeatist attitude, Colby, makes me it, – it's just I, – I wish I had thought of that word sooner because that sums up his bedlam approach and it sums up a lot of his philosophies when it comes to recruiting and player retention. No, it absolutely does. And that just, it all ties into the fact that 2022 is not 2005. You have to recruit players on the current roster, especially young players who haven't popped yet, who haven't realized their potential, who who know that they're talented, but they haven't gotten the opportunities yet. You have to recruit the guys on your current roster. You have to assure them that they still have a place in your plan for what you're doing for your program and that they are going to see the field and that you are the coach and that that is the program that can maximize their potential and allow them to achieve what they want to achieve individually. These guys are trying to get to the NFL. They're trying to get NIL. And I get it right because in football this game is very unique where i mean every single play could be the last one that you ever play in your life this is a violent game you've got to get paid while you can get paid and mike Gundy doesn't want to recruit the players on the current roster he already said that he doesn't like the new system so he's just not doing it and that's not acceptable. I'm sorry. Mike Gundy has been unbelievable at his time in his time at Oklahoma State, but he appears unwilling to accept to what is 2022 college football because it's different and it's hard and it's weird. You know, Mike Gundy, whenever he came in, you get guys in, you coach them hard and, and whatever. They're there for four years, maybe five if they red shirt and, and then they move on. Maybe you have a transfer every so often, but they have to sit out a year. It's a different world. Carson, he has been laying the breadcrumbs for what we're seeing right now for years. He's been talking about kids these days for years. He does not want to cater to every women emotion of 18, 19 and 20 year olds as they try to figure out their place in the world, their place in college football, their place at Oklahoma State. He doesn't want to cater to their every emotion and their every whim. And I get it because he didn't have to whenever he first got there. The game has changed. You have to cater to the emotions of 18, 19, and 20-year-olds. Every day, you have to recruit the players on the current roster. You have to recruit players in high school. You have to recruit players in the portal. That's what you have to do because that's what everybody else is doing. And, Carson, right now, it feels like Oklahoma State is being passed by schools in the Big 12 that they have been a 
great level above for a decade plus now. 2021 covered up a ton of warts in this program because Jim Knowles and Malcolm Rodriguez and Devin Harper and those guys, that defense was so elite that it covered up a lot of warts in this program. Since, uh, let's look here, since 2018, seven and six, eight and five, eight and three, 12 and two, seven and five. You've only got one year in the last five, Carson, with more than eight wins. And it was the greatest defense in school history. You can't bank on that coming back anytime soon. This program is getting lapped by other schools in this conference, and it's happening at the exact wrong time. OU and Texas are leaving. The playoff is going to 12. This is your chance to pounce, and they're just, they're not doing it. I, I just, I'm sorry, Carson. We're, we're tiptoeing around it. Everybody wants to talk about coordinators and offensive staff. The program has taken on the mentality of the head coach, which is, well, this new system sucks and, and we don't want to do it. And I'm sorry, that's not going to work. And you're going to continue getting lapped until something changes. And I, I just, I have to look at the head coach. I, you've got to adapt, either adapt or retire. I'm, I'm sorry that that's harsh, but that's where we're at in college football. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me a lot of the the Bob Stoops stuff. Remember, he he didn't want to be on Twitter. He wanted nothing to do with the new age recruiting. He just straight up retired because he was tired of dealing with the way, you know, the sport had evolved to that point. And I I seriously wonder if if Mike's tired of it. He's basically said he as much that he is based on what you know you and I are talking about. And so you're right. I mean, if they don't adapt, they will be passed by. And they, and frankly, with Kansas State and TCU in the Big Twelve title game, I mean, K State adds another Big Twelve championship to their to their trophy case, uh, TCU, another Big 12 title appearance. Those are two schools that, you know, even though Oklahoma State's been better than for the last decade, that they don't really have the results to show for it. And so you're right about that. But let, let's talk about the coaching staff because because Braylon Presley enters the transfer portal and he nuclear he, he drops a nuclear warhead on any bridge between him and Oklahoma State. He basically was quoted as calling out Casey Dunn for not knowing how to use the running backs. He says, quote, I was never told that I would never be used in the backfield. When I was recruited, they said they wanted to utilize me in the backfield and at a receiver spot. But as the season went on, I just kind of seeing that I wasn't going to get used in the backfield at all. And, you know, Braylon's mom comes out and just tears the coaching staff to shreds, basically saying that, you know, we can understand, you know, not giving them a ton of carries, but when you're not running the ball at all to not even attempt to give him a carry, we just couldn't stand for that. And this is the this is the Presley family talking here. His brother is still on the team. His brother is still one of the best players on the team. The youngest, the third one, I have been told since he was in seventh grade, is the best one. I think he's finally a, a freshman by now. So you are, you have really, really damaged a relationship with you know three brothers that could play for you. And and I've Colby, I've gotten so many tweets. So many tweets of people trying to tell me that he's too small, that he shouldn't carry the football. The idea that he should even play running back is a joke. Guys, he he's not advocating that he should have gotten 25 carries a game. To not give him any is coaching malpractice. And before you question me, I'm the same guy that was saying they needed to throw the ball to Jelani Woods. I was the same guy going, where's Tyreek Hill? The guy, the guy literally can't be tackled. He's the fastest player on the field. He's, he's, he's back there returning kicks, and he's a backup running back. So I've been pretty dead on 
with underutilized talent. Blake Jarwin. I, I used to go on the sports channel and be like, why don't they throw the ball to Blake Jarwin? That guy looks like an NFL tight end to me. Boom. Playing for the Dallas Cowboys. So before you sit there and, and just write this kid off for his size, he's the best high school football player I have ever seen or covered. And that, that spans 13, 14 years in Oklahoma City TV market. The best. He made Sterling Shepard look average. And Sterling Shepard is by far one of the best high school players I've seen. But he could not do the things that Braylon Presley could do on a football field with the ball in his hands. And for an offense that fails to score 20 points in five straight games, first time that's ever happened under Mike Gundy, to not put him on the field, and that's before I even get to Ollie effing Gordon, who I've been saying since fall camp, was the best running back on campus. It Braylon Presley criticizing Casey Dunn should open everyone's eyes. For people that listen to this podcast and think that you and I are too critical, harp on play calling too much, here you go. This isn't me saying this. This isn't Colby Powell saying this. This is Braylon Presley, whose older brother has been on the team for years. And, he, and he's like, you know what? I don't want to be a part of this. That is a massive problem for Mike Gundy. And, and I know you had some tweets to bring up too, and Ollie Gordon likes some some critical tweets, but Colby, I want you to address the Braylon Presley situation specifically, calling out the coaches and the fact that this coaching staff was content to just stand there statically, look to the sideline, and run up run off behind a backup center on third and two, and just how poor of a job they did with, with this kid and the offense as a whole. Yeah, I've got a lot of thoughts on Braylon. Number one, uh, please, please, nobody send a tweet again saying that he is undersized. I, I just, I cannot tell you how ridiculous you sound whenever you say that Braylon couldn't get on the field because he was undersized. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Kansas State would be thrilled if Deuce Vaughn hopped in the portal because he's undersized. Tyreek was undersized. There are a lot of guys who are undersized. Football becomes more and more of a finesse game every single year. You need speed. You need athleticism. You need elusiveness. That's what you need. But to me, the idea... I, I was a little surprised to hear him talk about running back because I didn't really see him that way. I saw him more as like a slot guy, stuff like that. Um, again, like you said, he didn't deserve, nor did he need, 20 touches a game. He he didn't deserve that. He didn't need that. He's true freshman. He's unproven. There's other guys who deserve the ball before he deserves the ball. But five touches a game to, A, see what he can do in a game setting, and B, keep him happy as a guy who could be a future foundational piece of your offense, it, it again, Carson, illustrates the unwillingness of the current staff at Oklahoma State from the top down, led by Mike Gundy, to, to plan for the future and to understand the weight of what you're dealing with here. You are dealing with true freshmen who, if they don't see the field, they will go somewhere where they can see it. I mean, all season long, you don't play Braylon, and then you just expect him to, sh to show back up for spring camp and come back in next year and be like, yep, this is the place for me. I I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way anymore. And the short-sightedness to not play him all year and think that he would be happy enough to come back. Carson, I wasn't the least bit surprised when I saw that he was getting in the portal. I'm like, yeah, they didn't even try to use him. They didn't do anything. You give him five touches a game. You see what he can do. You keep him happy. Uh, again, you talk about the family. You keep the whole family happy. Mom and dad, the younger brother, all of them. It's, it's big picture stuff. You've got to be playing chess, not check. I just, I, I don't know how many times I can say it. It's not 2005 anymore. Um, 
I, I am very disappointed with the, the way that this program is headed because it just feels like it's all of their own doing. It, it just feels like, um, like they're just wanting things to go back to how they were instead of realizing what things are now. And I think the Braylon situation is, is completely emblematic of that. Um, I, I cannot wait to watch him somewhere else. Carson, you know, what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. Everybody listening to this podcast knows what's going to happen. He's going to go somewhere else. And in a couple of years, he's going to be getting 15 to 20 touches a game on a good team. He's going to be absolutely electric. And we're going to be sitting here thinking, Oh my God, if he had gotten five touches a game, he could still be here. Um, it's just, it's the reality of the situation. Um, he is obviously not one of the guys that I expected to dip in the, the, his toe in the portal and come back. He's gone. He doesn't want to come back. Uh, and, and you mentioned his quotes. I mean, those quotes were tweeted out. Ollie Gordon liked that tweet about the running backs, not being coached, right? Not being coached to have success. This is a, a problem with your offensive staff at Oklahoma state. This is a problem with your head coach at Oklahoma state being unwilling to talk to and recruit players on the current roster to make sure that these kids are happy to make sure that Oklahoma state is the place where they feel like they can maximize their potential and have their best future. I think that's my biggest problem right now. We can blame the portal. If we want several of those guys who hopped in the portal yesterday, they would have been able to transfer anyway. They're grad transfer. Spencer would have been able to go anyway. He's a grad transfer. It's, it's a program now that these kids don't feel like is in the position to maximize their potential and give them the best chance to be successful. And, and the fact that so many of these kids feel that way, feel like the grass is greener somewhere else. It, it's it's very concerning to me. It's much more concerning to me that you have so many guys who don't think so. So many guys who at 17 years old thought Stillwater was the place that could do that. And then just a year or two later, realize, oh, this is not the place for me. They're not going to be able to maximize my talent. They are not setting me up for the absolute maximum success that I can have in this sport. That to me is far more concerning than whatever college football decides to do with the portal. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the whole thing, right? Like, if if Mason Cobb gets paid a ton of money by Texas A and M, you you shake his hand, you say thank you for you know being a great player, being a great leader, being a good dude. Uh, we wish you well. But when you got a legacy eviscerating your coaching staff for not only just how he was used, but the offense in general, you got big issues. And and I had. I'll just say I had a prominent person slide into my DMs uh, associated with Oklahoma State and try to tell me that they had talked to Mike Gundy and that Braylon Presley wasn't a you know a difference maker. You want to know what my reply was? My reply was Mike Gundy didn't think Tyreek Hill was a difference maker, and then there was a somewhat of an argument about you know how he was used. There there is no argument. Tyreek Hill was a backup running back. He had. Two, twice, uh, Desmond Rowan had twice the amount of carries he did. He only had 30 catches. He was a backup player, glorified special teams player, and he's, by the way, the best player in the NFL. And then this person was like, well, we, he wasn't that then. Oh, really? He had 593 receiving yards as a rookie. He had 1,200 his, his sophomore year in the NFL. He just he just became a completely – he just turned into Tyree Kill all, all of a sudden because he went to Western Alabama for a year? I don't think so. So before people sit there and tell me Braylon Presley's not any good or he's undersized, I was saying the same thing about Tyreek Hill. Now, is he Tyreek Hill? 
no one in the history of the NFL has been like Tyreek Hill. He is a one of one. I'm not saying that. But there is a proven track record here of not putting your best players on the field and giving them the football. Ollie Gordon, you referenced it. He liked a tweet basically criticizing the fact he didn't play until the 13th game of the year. That's a problem. And that's been an ongoing problem. And I don't fault guys for these this talented, these guys this talented if they're not getting the football. And and again, it'd be one thing if OSU was top five in the country in total offense. Then you understand why freshmen aren't playing. That's another thing I keep getting to. Oh, how many freshmen play across the country? A lot, especially when they're that good, like Ollie oh. Gordon. A lot. And so OSU and Mike Gundy have created a lot of these issues. This is not just pokes for purpose, not being able to pay players, okay? And this is why I'm I'm very concerned about the future of the program, Colby. But before people sit there and tell me Braylon Presley isn't a difference maker, just go back to Tyree Kill. Go back to Jelani Woods. Hell, go back to Chris Carson, who ran for 1,200 yards in the NFL, has had twice the career Justice Hill has, playing behind Justice Hill. Justice Hill's a great college running back, but best players don't always play. Right. Anybody who says, oh, well, Braylon Presley's not a difference maker, how do you know? He didn't play. How How could you know? How could any of us know? He didn't see the field. I just... Again, it does not make sense. He claims he talked to Mike. He claims he talked to Mike Gundy, and, and like as if Mike Gundy knows what what quarterback to play, let alone what a difference maker looks like. Yeah, I just I, I don't I don't get it. I don't get a lot of the stuff uh, going around. So much of what I see going around right now, it's there's a difference in loyal and true, which I am. I am loyal and true. Guess what? I will be at the games next year in the stadium. If they go four and eight, if they go eight and four, anything in between or outside. I'll be in the stadium next year. I'm loyal and true. But that doesn't mean just blindly supporting everything the program does as it feels like the program is just falling a little bit. I'm telling you, Carson, 2021 covered up a lot of warts that this program has and made everybody feel really good and warm and fuzzy inside and like this thing was on a great trajectory. And it immediately came crashing back down it didn't even take a couple of years there wasn't even a buffer zone where you rode that wave it immediately crashed and burned this was a top 10 team earlier in the season and we're sitting here today Carson it's December and I do not have any confidence that Mike Gundy is the guy to lead Oklahoma State out of this and to have them be one of the powers in the new look Big 12 they've gotten passed by TCU TCU is a better program right now they're set up better moving forward they've gotten passed by Kansas State. They've gotten passed by Baylor. They've gotten passed by the uh, these other schools on the field. And that is insane to think about. It, it really is. One season in the last five is what I think we would say stands up to what Oklahoma State standards are. And yes, people, the bar should be higher for a guy who's been here for 20 years. This is not a rookie head coach. This is not a third-year head coach trying to figure out. He's been here 20 years. This shouldn't be happening. There should not be this kind of program instability where, you know, a a quarter of your roster is like, yeah, you know what? I I don't like it here. I don't think this is the place for me. I'm out. It's it's about so much more than just money. Uh, And some people refuse to see that just out of blind support for everything that the program does. You can be loyal and true without blindly supporting everything that the program does. And right now they're getting passed by other schools. 
in the Big 12. And and also I'll tell you another thing. BYU is going to come in. They're not going to be a slouch. Cincinnati, uh, I don't know. UCF, they've been kind of okay. They're bringing their quarterback uh, back next year. Houston, I don't know. But, I mean, Carson, some schools in the Big 12 have already left Oklahoma State. I, I'm very concerned going forward because it just feels like uh, the, the current CEO of Oklahoma State football has no interest in, in playing by the current rules of college football. So, um, yeah, I'm loyal and true. I'll be in the stadium next year. I'll have my orange on, go pokes, all that good stuff. But I am I am not thrilled with what's happening right now and with the direction of the program. So you're not fired up about transfers from Austin P and uh, Idaho State? I think they put out some offers too. No, no, I'm not. I mean, yeah. I mean, I look. Cooper Cup came from Eastern Washington. I don't mean to mean that level, but. That's kind of what we're dealing with. Let's get to the Spencer Sanders news, Sanders news, Colby. No surprise to you and I. We had talked about it for weeks that this was a potential thing that could happen. And when it was confirmed he was going to walk at senior day, I, I fully expected it to. Uh, your thoughts on on him entering the portal? Yeah, it's – obviously, we talked about it last week. I'm going to root for him. I'm going to watch him wherever he goes. Uh, don't know where that's going to be, but I, I think that there are a lot of places around the country that would love to plug and play Spencer Sanders. So we'll see where he winds up, uh, and I'll be watching him next year, and I'll be rooting for him. It's just, Carson, it, it's unfortunate that it ended the way it did uh, with him on the sidelines for that West Virginia game and, and the OU game and, and the injuries down the stretch. Carson, if he comes back next year, he is the winningest quarterback in school history. He didn't get there this year, I don't believe. I think he came up one or two short. If he comes back next year, he basically locks himself in as the winningest quarterback in the history of Oklahoma State football. And he's like, nah, man, I've got bigger things to accomplish. I'm headed somewhere else. My legacy at Oklahoma State is what it is. I've got to go be great so that somebody wants to draft me and pay me a bunch of money to play this position. It's just – it's a bummer that it went down the way it did because uh, I know that there is a a part of the fan base that – I think it's a small part that's happy to see him move on. Man, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like next year at quarterback. Uh, I think that that could have maybe been your one saving grace for optimism headed into this offseason if Spencer Sanders uh, was coming back. Now, Oklahoma State does still have a national reputation as a good program, and and maybe they can figure some things out because you lose guys in the portal. You can bring guys in in the portal as well. There are more than 60 quarterbacks in the portal, so maybe Oklahoma State grabs one of those. Uh, maybe Rangel ends up being the guy. I don't know, but uh, I'm, I'm disappointed that that Spencer Sanders is going to play another year of college football. And he has decided, and honestly, it's pretty obvious, especially with the offensive line struggles, as much as he's been hit, he's decided Oklahoma State is not the place to maximize my talent and get me where I need to be. So I'm going to go do that somewhere else uh, in in lieu of becoming the the winningest quarterback in school history uh, at the place I've been for half a decade. So I'm going to be rooting for him. Uh, but, yeah, I'm I'm extremely bummed that he decided to play college football another year and he made what I think we all look at as an obvious decision. Hey, I can go do this better somewhere else uh, and, and raise my stock. So uh, it's just a huge bummer that, that the program is in a position where that quarterback um, pretty much has to leave so that he can be uh, great and realize his maximum potential. Yeah, I mean, even if Spencer – grew up a diehard Oklahoma State fan, remembers watching Rashawn Woods. Like, like he has to do this. Like, the offensive line is a disaster. Casey Dunn has no idea what he's doing with this offense. Just showcased at the end of the season. Um, it's his. It, he's a special case, right? He's a sixth-year senior. He needs to really improve his draft stock before he can go the, enter, enter the NFL draft. It would be 
if I was Mike Gundy himself, I mean, I selfishly, I would like you to stay Spencer, but the best thing for you to do is go play at Tennessee in that offense with, with hooker now leaving that, that roster as the starting quarterback, Hayden hooker, uh, go, go be the quarterback of Tennessee. Hayden. What'd I say? Hayden. Hayden Hendon. Who cares? He's gone. He's off the roster. Uh, go, go play quarterback. Like why? Like, to me, it's a no-brainer. And look, I, I certainly get the sentiment from OSU fans. Like, it's going to stink to watch him in another uniform. But like, I'm not even all that upset about it. Like, I I think it would be a bad move, <laughs> frankly, for him to come back to Oklahoma State with given the offensive issues. I mean, Colby, just think back to the first half of this year and how good they were on offense. How much of that was just Spencer being so dang good at quarterback? and run around and make things happen. Some of that was play calling. I'm not going to take all the credit away from Casey Dunn. But like Spencer himself, he covered up so many issues himself, just with his mobility, getting out of uh, you know sack situations. Uh, I, I'm going to be rooting for him. And I, I, I was not surprised whatsoever. And I think it's the right move for him personally because let's face it, he goes and lights it up out of Tennessee. And uh, that'll really go a long way. He needs to stay healthy. He needs to not throw as many interceptions in, in big-time games. Uh, I do wonder how much the offensive line have contributed to his interceptions over the years. Mike Gunny's talked for years and years that if they protect him, he's fine. Uh, a lot of those interceptions were when he was under duress. So I wish him well, and I, I frankly wasn't surprised at all. Uh, no, I wasn't either. I, I think we all knew that he was headed out whenever we saw his Instagram post. Uh, there's three more, Carson, and we were waiting to record until today because we wanted to see if any more dominoes dropped. And a couple of a couple did last night. Uh, a few. Thomas Harper, Dominic Richardson, Trace Ford. That's three starters. Two of them on defense, a running back. Uh, Dom's clearing the way for Ollie Gordon to be RB1. I think that's why Ollie Gordon uh, is, is, I think, going to stick around because I think it's clear that he is RB1 heading into next season. But Thomas Harper and Trace Ford, man, that's uh, those matter big time on that side of the ball. Uh, they've got their work cut out for them on defense next year. There, there are some good guys coming back. Colin Oliver is coming back. Uh, Kendall Daniels is coming back. There, there are some exciting uh, players who will be back. Xavier Benson will be back. But Trace Ford and Thomas Harper are big losses. So, um, yeah, it's just I, I know that there are probably a lot of podcasts for a lot of universities around the country having similar conversations to the one that we're having today. Uh, but there are also some programs who, who are being – uh, major beneficiaries of this. And it's not just the ones with all the money. I, I mean, Kansas State doesn't have all the money and it feels like they're headed the right direction. Uh, I mean, hell, they just won the conference title, uh, something Oklahoma State has not done now in 11 years. It, at the earliest, it'll be 12 going into next year. And I, I don't think any of us think Oklahoma State has a chance to win one next year. And I, I'm sorry, that's just not an acceptable level of success at Oklahoma State. Mike Gundy talks about, well, you built the monster, you got to feed the monster. The monster's hungry, man. The monster's been fed once in the last five years. Uh, no conference titles in 11 years, 12. I, I don't know. How, how long is it going to take to win another conference title? 13, 14, 15 in between? It's not an acceptable level of success uh, when you see what TCU does, what Kansas State does, what Baylor does. It, it's just – it's not enough. It, it flatly is not enough, Carson, and it's okay for Oklahoma State fans to say that. It's okay for Oklahoma State fans to say, yeah, cool, another winning season. The bowl streak is alive. This season was a disaster. The, the bowl streak winning seasons, I'd rather have higher highs and, and lower lows than just hover at seven, eight wins most years, uh, which is what it, it seemingly has been. Uh, Mason, that era was great whenever you're going 10 and three every year. But but even those 10 and three teams felt like underachievers. It, it just, 
man, I, I don't know. It, it just feels like other programs, uh, even the ones without big, huge money like A&M's and those of the world are headed the right direction. feels like Oklahoma State's headed the wrong direction. Uh, I hope Mike Gundy can, can pull Oklahoma State out of it because I want his legacy to be the guy who put Oklahoma State on the map. I don't want his legacy to be uh, the guy who who burned it down at the end with his unwillingness to evolve. So uh, I hope that he is the one to pull them out of this. I just I don't feel it today, Carson. I do not feel it today. Trace healthy. Say that one more time. Is Trace Ford even healthy? Like, uh, is he, he going to continue to play football? Because yeah, two season-ending injuries, and then he got he left the Kansas game and never returned this season. I'm I'm curious how effective he will be moving forward. Trace Ford, to me, he he's one of those guys that the injury concern at this point is just going to be there. But when he is available, he's so good that, man, you want him around. You want him That's around. True. You cross your fingers and you hope he's healthy. He's just one of those guys. Well, and you mentioned it. I think keeping Colin Oliver and Kendall Daniels was so massive because the tide was turning on the offensive side with the transfer portal being wide open. Uh, just had some breaking news today as we were recording. Preston Wilson, the starting center, announced he's coming back. So they are able – it's not all doom and gloom. They are getting some very key players back. And I think you would argue the most important players, sans Spencer Sanders, have stayed for the most part, the most proven players, that is. Um, and, look, we all, we all like Dom Richardson. I, 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 I think I'm with you that maybe Mike Gundy sat him down and said we're going to go with Ollie Gordon as RB1 and – and if you'd like to stay, we'd love to have you. But if not, you know, although I guess my goodie doesn't talk about futures and the writing's just on the wall for for Don, I guess. But but to me, Colby, by far, keeping losing Kendall Daniels and Colin Oliver would have been devastating. So keeping them is absolutely massive. Now, I think you can kind of throw Colin Oliver into the Tyreek All-Star camp in that the guy plays, what, 20, 30 snaps a game, and he's one of your best defensive players. We all remember that terrible missed tackle he had against Kansas, but I'm sorry. Like, once again, one of your best players, not on the field. I, I don't understand it. Yeah, I look at Colin Oliver, and I see an elite pass rusher. Uh, I don't know how well-rounded his game is de- defensively. It seems like sometimes he he struggles to stop the run, to be in those gaps, uh, to make tackles chasing guys uh, through the hole, stuff like that. But uh, he's an elite pass rusher, and those guys are so, so, so valuable. So valuable. I mean, he's the one in the highlight wrapping Caleb Williams up by the ankles and, and bringing him down to win that Bedlam game last year. Colin Oliver is an important piece uh, for this defense. It's, I, I mean... Yeah, would you love him to be a Swiss Army knife that does everything? Sure, but if all he is is an elite pass rusher, that's good enough because those are the guys you need. You need guys to make opposing quarterbacks uncomfortable. Um, and, y- you know, do I think Oklahoma State's going to go 4-8 and eight next year? No, I don't. Like you said, they're, they're bringing some pieces back. Uh, they're, they're probably going to win somewhere between six and eight games, if I had to guess, go to another bowl, keep the bowl streak alive. But it, it just – where is the Carson – where is the hope for the future that this thing gets elevated to a point that other schools in the Big 12 look at Oklahoma State and they think, okay, that's the model, that's the program, they're the ones competing for a conference championship every year, they're the ones in the conversation to be one of those 12 that get in the playoff every year. I I, I have hope that, you know, once or twice a decade, Oklahoma State will pop up and do that, but I don't have hope that they're going to become a consistent power in the new Big 12, and it feels like that should be where this is heading. 
So, um, you know, I, I think that the program is, is fine. You know, I don't think that the program is all of a sudden going to become what Colorado was last year, or what Nebraska has been for the last decade. But I also don't think it's going to become some sort of consistent power in the new big 12. And uh, I think that that is what the standard should be. Again, it's been here 20 years uh, and, and it just, it doesn't feel like um, it, it has been built to a level that it should have been built at this point. So uh, I'll, I'll be watching with with a critical eye moving forward to, to see how he adapts and how he evolves. Um, Carson, we're also sitting here 10 days after the season finished with what I think most people agree was one of the worst offensive performances we've ever seen. Um, just, I, I mean, players coming out saying negative things about the coaches. I don't know what the timeline is on moves getting made there, but surely we're not still sitting here in a month with, with everybody on the, on the offensive staff having jobs. That's, that's harsh, but that's how big-time college football works. You perform or you're out the door and somebody else comes in. It's the reality of the situation. Everybody knows it when they sign up. Uh, so I'm curious to see if any moves are made on that front in the next week or two as well. Maybe that stuff comes after the bowl game. I don't know. Uh, I think it does. You think it comes after the bowl game? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I think that's kind of the way Gundy likes to do things. Um, how would you feel, Colby, if Trace Ford, Dom Richardson, and Braylon Presley ended up at the University of Oklahoma? Uh, bad. I would feel really bad. Well, um, there might be some smoke there. Um, Parker Thune works for 24-7 Sports. I kind of noticed that he was making a note of Trace Ford and Braylon on Twitter yesterday, entering the portal. He doesn't normally comment on Oklahoma State-related things. But apparently, uh, the word is he's he's saying there might be some smoke between Trace Ford and, and Oklahoma. So that would be uh, certainly interesting if a player left Oklahoma State to go to Oklahoma. We haven't seen that yet in the uh, the transfer portal, but – you want to talk about Twitter meltdowns, Braylon Presley scoring an 85-yard touchdown against Oklahoma State while while Mike's punting on fourth and two will certainly send me into one. Uh, I would be way more scared about Braylon going down there than I would Trace Ford simply because of that, because I do think that he's a, an electric caliber player who could do some things that would absolutely rip your heart out. Uh, I think Trace Ford is a great player, but again, he, he's injury prone and he just, he doesn't play a position with the ball in his hands. So his impact uh, would be less than what, I mean, he might get a sack here or there, maybe a strip sack, something like that, but it's not going to be like if Braylon goes somewhere and turns into what, if he if he fully realizes his potential somewhere and he becomes a Darren Sproles type, Deuce Vaughn, one of those guys, then that to me would be terrifying for, for him to roll into Stillwater in an OU jersey. I, I hope that that doesn't happen. Uh, I mean, honestly, a place where he could have success, there are places in the Big 12 where I think Braylon could be really good. I think he could be really good at, uh, at K-State, at TCU, at Baylor. I think he could be really good at Tech. I think they could use him incredibly well at Tech. Maybe he goes out of the conference. Maybe he gets away from home, goes SEC, Big Ten, Pac-12. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm i going to root for those guys wherever they go, unless it's Oklahoma. If they go to Oklahoma, I will no longer uh, be rooting for them. That's part of the game. Yeah, that would be uh, whew, that would be some serious drama there, uh, especially because we don't even know what is Brennan. Is Brennan Presley really going to stay when his family's torching the coaching staff? I Part of me kind of expects Brennan to leave too, but we haven't heard anything on that front. Yeah, that would be a huge bummer. I really hope that that doesn't happen. Um, but I, I think Brendan's been Brendan's been a little underutilized too. So, um, yeah, with the comments that with the comments that that Mama Presley made, you just never know. Everything feels uncertain right now. Yep, I agree. You know, uh, you know what? Get... 
real, real quick, I just want to talk a little bit just quickly about the emotions and, and the, the swings of 19 and 20 year olds. And you have to cater to this stuff. Xavier Benson after the West Virginia game, so much uncertainty is what he tweets yesterday. Xavier Benson on Twitter. Where's the faith? It's like, all right, come on. It's, it's a little, you know, you can't have it both ways. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think that's a look in, into the minds of these guys. Um, it's, it's very much day to day and, and it's, it's weird. It's different, but you better figure it out. Did you want to bring something up about Colby Harvell Peel's tweet? Oh, you, you know, I, I saw a lot of people, uh, you know, some anonymous accounts. There was an anonymous account that called him a scumbag because that's really easy to do whenever you don't have to put your name on it and you can hide behind anonymity. It's really easy to get on your keyboard and call somebody a scumbag. He, he said that he told Mason Cobb on his transfer announcement that, you know, whatever, trust me, grass is greener over here, something like that, I- implying that he will be glad that he chose to leave Oklahoma State. And a lot of people got mad at Colby Harvell Peel, and I get it. I'm sure that he has Mason Cobb's number. I'm sure he could have told him that privately. But my thought was I, I was more so analyzing why he chose to do that publicly because he's not 18 or 19 years old. Colby Harvell Peel is a grown man, and Colby Harvell Peel made the conscious decision to put that out publicly and and that's a former player who left and was like man this is so much better so much better that he put it out there publicly and and that just brings me back to what i said earlier which is i'm i'm less upset at colby harvell peel for doing that than i am at the current staff for creating a program that a guy leaves and then he's comfortable enough and and it it seems like it's intentional to say it publicly hey man you're going to be really glad that you made the decision to get out. Yeah, of I, I think you're misreading it a little bit. I think he was. Re- I think he was referencing money. I think he was saying the grass really is greener, as in, you know, he's getting the bag. Maybe, maybe what? Maybe I totally misinterpreted it. Uh, and there's more no, money. I don't there. think Colby Harvell Peel has any ill will towards Oklahoma State. I don't. I think that was a reference to money. Now it looks terrible in print. Uh, just. For someone just reading that, it looks bad. It does look like all the things you're saying that, you know, it's a it's an atmosphere that you'll be better off not being in. But I, I think that was Colby basically making a, a money joke uh, to Mason because I'm sure he, like you said, he has Mason's number. I'm sure he's talked about, you know, what he's getting, what he's not getting, things like that. So that, that's how I read it anyway. I could okay. be wrong. It, no, if, and if that is the case, then I, I rescind what I, I previously said. Uh, maybe I just got a little worked up about it because, y- you know, you, you get the Twitter warriors out here who don't want to put their uh, their names on anything they say, but they want to be critical of everybody. So uh, may, maybe that just got me a little bit fired up. So maybe it was just about the money. Uh, but but anyway, let's let's move on. Where are we headed? Bullets and BBs. Uh, time for our bullets and BBs. Uh, do we have any bullets out there? Arson. I've got a, a major bullet, a 50 cal. Victor Hovland, Victor Hovland, go Pokes. Oh, yeah. Only, only player other than Tiger Woods to go back-to-back at the Hero World Challenge, uh, to which Victor Hovland said on air, uh, that's pretty badass. That is pretty badass. Victor, he is set up to have a big-time 2023. Uh, just real quick, if I can get a little golf nerdy, he has switched to aim point for reading greens because he said his reading was terrible. Uh, he put it great at the Hero. He started to come on at the end of the year after what honestly was a disappointing season for him because he was so great last fall. Mayakoba, the Hero. Now he's won the Hero again. I hope that this is a springboard into 2023 because I think, I mean, man, the way he hits the ball – if he can just get it going on and around the greens, Victor Hovland can absolutely be one of the three to five best players in the world. And 
that that's special uh, for Oklahoma State to have that guy. So uh, I hope he stays where he is, and I hope he continues doing what he's doing because I'm loving watching his career, and I love 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 his interviews. He is unapologetically himself. He he just he has fun. He says what he's thinking. He's always got a smile on his face. Uh, so major bullet goes to Victor Hovland because I am loving watching his career. He's the resort king, right? He only wins at resorts. Yeah, yeah. has he won in the U.S. yet? He, he my oh. Cope, hero a couple times. He hasn't, has he? Puerto Rico is not one on U.S. soil. No, that's insane. That's absolutely insane. That's pretty crazy. He's he's so much fun to watch, and I hope he gets a major here soon. Uh, my oh. bullet goes to the Big Twelve. Uh, without Big Bad OU in Texas, without these big big brand names. That's all that matters is those two schools. Well, look at the TV ratings. The SEC got 10.89 million viewers. Big 10 got 10.7. Big 12 got 9.4. Right there. Right there with the two big boys. And that dwarfs the the Pac-12s. Again, Big 12 had 9.41 million. Pac-12 had 5.97 on a Friday night, totally isolated football game. Uh, Big 12's alive. The Big 12 as well. TCU did not win, Colby, like you and I predicted. Whenever the Big 12 needs someone to win, they don't. But this time, it didn't matter. TCU gets in the playoff. And this conference is healthy. It's the second straight year that neither OU or Texas were in the Big 12 title game. It's the second straight year. It does a massive rating. And, you know, it's the second straight year the teams were vying to get in the playoff. I mean, TCU this year, Oklahoma State last year, uh, Baylor to some extent last year at times. So, uh, bullet to the Big 12. It's, it's on healthy, healthy footing. Carson, the gap, I, I'm pulling this up because I was going to give it a bullet as well. The gap from SEC at one to Big 12 at two is 1.48 million viewers. The gap from three to four, which is the Big 12 to the Pac-12, that gap is, let's see, 3.44 million, almost triple uh, the gap from three to four as it is from one to three. And then you've got to go down another two and a half million viewers to get to the ACC, which has turned into an absolute joke of a conference. There is a clear pecking order in college football as we move forward. And as much as morons with empty space between their ears like Chris Sims want to crap on the Big 12, it is a solid football conference and and actually seeing these numbers Carson allows me uh, to to breathe a little bit when I hear the fine bombs of the world and the Chris Sims of the world saying all these idiotic things about the big 12 those numbers allowed me to take a breath a little bit and just say you know what even though we still got these blowhards out here trying to craft this national narrative that nobody cares about the big 12 and it's not a good football conference the people don't see it that way. The people see the Big 12 up there a lot closer to the SEC and the Big 10 than they are to the Pac-12 and the ACC, and that's exactly where they should be. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you got – I tweeted at Feinbaum during the game. I was like, you watching this game, Paul? It's halftime, two really good teams. I know you're probably watching Alabama-New Mexico State replay from 2018, but they want to watch two elite college football teams who actually play defense, who actually run the football. It's not 2008 anymore, bud. And Chris Sims, I don't, I don't know what his deal is. He doesn't even know how to capitalize letters, and he's fat shaming Roy Williams, who is inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. I think, I believe tonight. Uh, uh, Chris Sims, first person to ever spell out the word twelve when referencing the Big Twelve. Yeah, like it's very weird because he's also a very vanilla, boring broadcaster. Thanks, Dad. Probably the only reason he has that job. 
Awesome. So for him to say something provocative was kind of shocking. I, I had to double check and make sure it's him. It, 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 actually, it was. It was shocking. Also, fun fact, uh, he still to this day is defending Zach Wilson and thinks that the, the Jets should play Zach Wilson, even though all of his teammates hate him and don't want to play with him. To this um, day. I mean, I, I love the tweet of the guy saying, we, we care more what Mac, what Major Applewhite thinks than you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he was that's a good such, one. He was such a better quarterback than him. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, what do you got for uh, BBs? Uh, my BB was actually going to be Chris Sims, but since we talked about that, uh, I'm going to Audible, and, and I'm going to... Carson, I'm going to give it to Mike Gundy. I've talked a lot about him this show. Um, I, I think that we're getting to a point where Mike Gundy, this, this is going to go one of two ways. He's either going to figure it out, things are going to get better, and Oklahoma State is going to kind of be one of those powers of the new look Big 12. Or he's going to hang on too long, he's going to refuse to adapt, and his legacy will end up being as much about how his tenure ended with Oklahoma state on a downward trajectory as it is about how he elevated the program to national prominence. Do we have a logo too, which was less than 12 months ago. And it feels like it's been a decade. I, I just, I feel like it's going um, that second way. And I hope it's not. I hope he figures it out. I want to be wrong about Mike Gundy as I sit here today, because I care deeply about Oklahoma state football and I want Oklahoma State to be good. I want them to be a power in the new look Big 12. I, I want to feel like the head coach cares as much about Oklahoma State football as I do. And I know he does. I know he's given so much more to that university than I ever could. But it's just there have been some bad looks lately, Carson, after the Bedlam game when you get your ass kicked by your rival and you show up eating pretzels and talking about salt on your beer and just cutting up, having a good time. It, it just – it, it, it displays uh, apathy, you know, and, and I'm not here for that. Talking, you know, saying he doesn't talk to his players. They can figure that out with their agents and their parents. Well, their agents and their parents are talking to the newspaper about how your guys can't coach. So it, it's, it's different. You have to recruit your current players. It, it's got to be an open-door policy. You've got to talk to these kids about their futures, about their futures at Oklahoma State. And according to Mike Gundy, he's not doing that. So uh, he gets my BB for the way that he handled uh, the backstretch of this season. I don't have confidence in him to turn it around moving forward. I sincerely hope I am wrong. Yeah, no, I, I think that's well said. And I, I, I just, it's remarkable to me that, you know, remember, we all remember the, the OAN t-shirt and the Chuba being uh, you know, upset with him about the lack of communication between himself, the players and Mike Gundy. Fast forward to 2022, Mike Gundy has basically admitted as much. He doesn't talk to players about their future, doesn't really care to. And it feels like, Colby, we're, we're kind of back to square one with the disconnect between Mike Gundy and the players on his team to the point where Braylon Presley, who, again, is one of the best players they've recruited in recent years, Oklahoma Player of the Year two times in a row. He, he only talks to Casey Dunn, who may or may not keep his job, uh, we'll have to wait and see what the staff changes that I, I do believe are coming. Uh, that That's just wrong. And I, I wonder if Gundy just straightened up for the time being and is back to kind of his old ways. And I thought there was an interesting quote when he was talking about Kale Gundy. You know, he was talking about his brother, Kale, saying he's very outgoing. Everyone likes him. He, he just He's a people person. And Mike said, I'm not that way. He, he likes to kind of do his own thing, kind of, you know, be, be, be more private. And I, I think that's something 
his personality he has to fight against. And I, and I can, I can certainly understand that we're not all the same people. We're not all, you know, going to be shaking hands and kissing babies at all times. And I'm not asking him to, but to, to not have a relationship with your players discussing whether they're leaving or going into your program is a huge, huge problem. It's one that Chad Weiberg and Dr. Casey Shrum should be very, very concerned with. They were very concerned the last time around with the Chuba incident, uh, the OAN incident, however you want to, classify that people got on me for calling it the oan debacle i'm not taking sides here politics wise people that's what it was it was a debacle and so that more than anything colby beyond the fact that the tyreek all-stars grow by a man each year and they're turning into the the avengers you know you got jelani woods tyreek hill just balling all over the place beyond all of that if you can't have a relationship with your players you shouldn't be the head coach at Oklahoma State. You certainly shouldn't be a head coach in the year 2022. And we've reached a real fork in the road here, Colby. We have. This is this is worse than than I really envisioned. You know, I, I knew the play calling was bad. They might make some staff changes. But when you've got guys coming out publicly with a brother who's still on the team saying you don't know what you're doing, that's a bad look. And the fact you didn't even talk to said player is even worse. So Mike Gundy, he gets my BB. Yeah, no, I think we're pretty much in lockstep there. Uh, Carson, this was cathartic. Um, I, I'm sure people... Bowl game, gonna... bowl game, bowl game. game. Yeah, yeah, guaranteed. Big 10, right. baby. Let's go. TCU, Michigan, Oklahoma State, Wisconsin. Not quite the same pizzazz. <laughs> I think we need to... Ju- Considering both quarterbacks for Wisconsin and, and Oklahoma State are in the portal, I don't think we can judge any Big Ten stinks on this. I think TCU, Michigan, one versus one, each conference, let's go. If If Michigan just drubs TCU, I'll shut up for a little while until I watch Iowa punt 72 times. Uh, I'm not seeing a line here for Oklahoma State and Wisconsin. Have you seen a line on this game? I have not. Yeah, I don't know. They probably haven't posted it because of Sanders and Mertz, their quarterback, being in the uh, portal. Yeah. Like a quarterback injury almost. Yeah, Mertz being in the portal is probably a good thing for Wisconsin is the only difference. Uh, yeah, this one's going to be hard to judge. I have no idea if Oklahoma State or Wisconsin is going to win that game. Uh, it would be very honestly on brand for Mike Gundy to go out and just get super creative and let it all hang out in the bowl game and have an absolute blast and win by two touchdowns. That have would a be point fair. spread. Oh, hit me. Uh, can I guess? Let me guess. Yeah, go ahead and guess. I mean, there's so much uncertainty both sides. Um, Oklahoma State minus two and a half. Reversed Wisconsin minus two and a half. Okay. And, and I'm fine with that. I, I was guessing I have no idea, no idea. I think this is, I mean, I, I mean, Oklahoma state should be a better team than Wisconsin, but, but based on what we've seen the last five, six games, I don't know that they are. Uh, and then Luke fickle, interestingly is going to coach, uh, Wisconsin, the new head coach at for the Badgers. I think that's an interesting storyline to monitor too. I mean, motivation in bowl games is so critical. And I, I've given Mike a lot of credit over the years. His team has been motivated to play in these lesser tier bowl games a lot of the times. And that's why his bowl record is so good. He knows how the flow of the week goes. I'm curious how Fickle's team plays for him versus how Mike Gundy's team, frankly, plays for him, given everything that's going on. Uh, no, I, I think that you're spot on there. There's there's so much change in college football that it makes bowl season so random. And, and, you know, people do these bowl pools. I got sent one yesterday. It's like $20. You pick all the games. I'm not doing that. I, I don't know what's happening in any of these games. Um, 
yeah, quit it, that years ago. Who who knows? Who cares? I I don't. And another thing, I don't want to have to care about bowl games that I don't care about because I'm in some pool where I pick them all. I don't pick the bowl games. I don't mess with the bowl games. It's I, I don't watch the bowl games really. I'll watch Oklahoma State's bowl. Uh, I'll watch probably a few of the Big Twelve teams, and I'll certainly watch the college football playoff. Uh, also, Carson, for for as many times as I have said that the committee is a failed experiment, and I still believe that way. They got it right this year. They got it right. They didn't let Ohio State sit at home the last week and jump TCU. They didn't punish TCU for being in the conference title game and coming up one inch short uh, in the Big 12 championship game, which seems to be a theme. So honorary bullet for the committee. It was it was kind of a layup. Just don't miss the layup. And they didn't. They got it exactly right. Uh, I am very much looking forward to TCU-Michigan. They didn't listen to Nick Saban with his spew, his nonsense about well, we would be favored if we were in it, so just put the best teams in. Like, they didn't fall for that that garbage. I mean, uh, yeah, I thought they – now, a lot of the work was done for them, um, but, the, but I am I am pleasantly surprised and pleased that they they kept TCU at three. And, and part of that, too, I think they wanted to avoid the rematch. They say they didn't, but we all know they did. This is, a, this is driven by television. I'm sure the Big Ten wanted them on either side of the bracket, too. That way they're for sure represented. But, but no, it's, it's going to be great. And, um, man, Max Duggan's a warrior. That game was so epic. I felt bad for him. I, I'm happy for Kansas State. I think they mirror Oklahoma State in a lot of ways, very similar type programs. Uh, but, man, that was a that was a gut punch for, for Max Duggan and TCU. But I cannot wait to watch them play Michigan. I think people's eyes will be open. Michigan rightfully favored in that game. I, I the Michigan's really proven to me they're a quality elite football team, even though their schedule is absolute garbage. So TCU has their hands full, but I think people are going to be surprised at how good of a game TCU gives them. Uh, yeah, I mean, everybody thinks Ohio State Georgia is going to be a great game. I'm staring at the lines right now. Michigan's favored by seven. Georgia's favored by seven. Let, let's play some football. I'm I'm here for it. Um, TCU Michigan will be the afternoon game on on New Year's Eve. That'll be good before everybody gets into kind of their New Year's Eve festivities. So I I cannot wait for TCU Michigan. Uh, I hope both sides are healthy and. Let's just see where it goes. I know Michigan's going to be without their stud running back, but I think TCU can give them a game. And if they were to pull off that upset, man, what it would do to have a Big 12 team in the national championship game that's not OU or Texas, just to kind of show everybody, hey, there are a lot of other schools in this conference that play some really good football. Uh, I I am wearing my purple for the college football playoff, uh, and I, I will be a TCU fan for that that day and hopefully those couple of weeks. Yep, it should be fun. Uh, we'll we'll break it down more too when the when the bowl games get around, and certainly Oklahoma State's matchup with Wisconsin, and uh, perhaps if there's some coaching changes, we will have to hop on here for an emergency pod. I I do expect that to happen. Um, I don't expect it to happen until probably after the bowl game, or it already would have happened. But um, I think Mike knows changes need to happen on his offensive staff. It's it's grown stale. The results speak for themselves, and. Uh, it's going to be an interesting offseason, Colby. Uh, OSU also in the market for a quarterback in the transfer portal. So there's going to be a lot more news than we we typically see revolving uh, Oklahoma State football. Uh, yes, there definitely will be. But but remember, Carson, that portal is going to start slowing down any day now. Yeah, I, I posted that quote from Gundy with the, the Leslie Nielsen, like, everyone dispersed, nothing to see here, uh, portal slowing down, even though it's the fastest it's ever spun in the history. That, did you see a thousand players are in it, and there's only thirteen thousand players in college football. It's crazy. Yeah, no, some some guys are going to end up without a home, and some guys are going to come back. I'm looking at this list right now: Mason Cobb, uh, Dizadair, Preston Hickey, Rashad Dixon. 
Kenyon Williams, Spencer Sanders, Braylon Presley, Eli Russ, Thomas Harper, Dominic Richardson, Trace Ford. Some of those guys will be back. Not not a ton, uh, but I would bet of that list that I just read off, I don't know, two to four probably end up making it back because they get out there uh, and they see that there's not necessarily uh, a, a ton of other suitors like they thought there would be. So uh, we'll see we'll see what it looks like when all said and done. Yep, I'm with you. Well, Colby, uh, enjoy your weekend, and uh, we'll we'll keep our uh, ear to the ground if anything should break. Absolutely. A lot of fun, Carson. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed. Hit us up with your thoughts on Twitter at Colby J. Powell, at Carson underscore OKC. Have a good week. Enjoy a little college basketball, Oklahoma State, Sam Houston. And as always, go Pokes.